Over the last few weeks, we've been working on getting a minimum viable rule set for Questlandia together. The idea is that for every part of the game, we make some kind of rule, even if we know it's the wrong one. That's actually going to allow us to run a full playtest of the game and to improve the game piece by piece as we go. Today, we're going to be doing the first playtest of the world creation and roleplay, and we'll be sharing it on the podcast in a two-part episode. As we play, we'll be thinking about what rules seem to be working well and which need to change, and we'll talk to you about all of that later. But first, let's play! So we've gathered some materials to playtest the game. We made some custom dice. We printed out a symbol reader and a map to record information of our kingdom. We have our own character sheets and some rule reminders. So we're ready to get started. Great. It's pretty great. <laughs> so to begin, we're going to come up with a name for our kingdom. And to do that, we're going to use the symbol reader uh, and generate two names, right? Mm -hmm. And then we choose which one of the ones we prefer. So I'll go first. Great. I'm going to roll one die to find the central symbol. That's the diamond. And then I'm going to roll another for the path out of it. The heart. And that leads to one of the outer symbols, which I'm going to interpret as a knot. Kingdom knot. Kingdom knot. Or Nottingham. Uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to find a symbol? Yeah. I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't be filling your mind with my own interpretations. That was naughty. That's <laughs> naughty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh I rolled. The first symbol is a hand, and the branching path that it takes us down is another hand. So hand hand, I the I see an ant. So let's see, kingdom not or kingdom. You know, in the playtest that we had, we had ants too. So I'm gonna try to like in the in a previous playtest, I'm gonna try to scrub all visions of that playtest out of my head. Um, and say, kingdom bug. So we're deciding between kingdom bug and kingdom not. Is one speaking to you? I mean, just for a change of pace, since we did happen to play out a kingdom bug before, mm -hmm. I'm kind of interested in exploring the knot. Yeah. And if it wasn't clear, it's an image of something that looks like a, a knotted rope. I'm, if you're I'm down, yeah, let's yeah. try it. Absolutely. All right, we're going in. Okay. Kingdom knot. So this name isn't necessarily what the people who live in this kingdom call it. But it's our way of referring to it and getting started on it. So let's write that name on our map. Not bad. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and Kingdom Not has an ambition. The ambition is, well, we are instructed to roll, then roll again, consult the symbol reader, and interpret it as an ambition of the kingdom. It All could right. be simple, vague, or whatever detail comes to you. 
Do you want to do that roll? Yeah. Uh, what if I roll one and then you roll again? Okay. All right. So the first one is a hand again. And out of the hand comes a skull. That skull leads us to what looks like a uh, set of scales, mm-hmm. uh, like a weighing scale. So the ambition, I just want to say, is justice. Let's do it. It's time to establish justice. Yeah. I have ideas about what that might mean for a kingdom. I forget if I get to say them. I I think that right now we wait. I think we leave it okay, open. Okay, we'll go simple and vague. Point. Okay, they're yeah. interested in justice. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's already a strange and unusual place. In Kingdom Not, driven by justice, we are going to come up with some places, peoples, laws, and customs, and learn a little bit about our language. So there's a list in front of me with a bunch of questions. I only need to answer two of them. Um, right now, I think I'm going to start by, I feel a little bit like who laws and customs is going to really start to shape this idea for of justice. justice. Yeah, right. uh, so that feels a little too much for me to approach right now. So I think I'll start with something. I think I'm going to start with a place. Out of this list, I'm going to give an aspect of the landscape. Hit me. I'm going to say that in the sort of Questlandia 1 throwback, um, <laughs> there is like a, a big cliff. Oh, good. Overlooking. Um, I don't know. It's where people go to look out at like a beautiful sunset. And it's overlooking the whole kingdom, right? Well, okay, so here's here's where I'll ask a question. Is it overlooking a kingdom, or does does the kingdom sort of end in this cliff that overlooks something else? Oh. Maybe it looks out over the end of the world. That sounds even better. All right, so we have a cliff where we go to view the coming end of the world. Um, um, and we can expand on this place through more questions as we go. I'm going to call this cliff the end of the world. Okay, we have the end of the world. So I'm looking over the list of questions now. There's all these different categories we can do. Uh, One of them is an important ritual under laws and customs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of want to build one off of this excellent place where we have. Thank you. Uh, I think that at at the various important stages of the life of a citizen of this kingdom, they are brought up to the cliff to gaze into the end of the world so that they never forget that this is what's approaching and this is what it's their job to, well, we'll see, prevent, hasten, soothe, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. But, you know, I think every every kid starts off with the Lion King moment you know, the newborn is raised up in the hands mm, and shown mm-hmm. the vista of the incoming end of the world. Happens again. You go up there. You you do the walk yourself when you come of age. Oh, and then okay. Yeah. This is where weddings happen. And, you know, funerals, it's sort of a burial at sea, except burial at end of world. <laughs> Wait, so you just get pushed off the cliff? Quite. Yeah. <laughs> maybe thrown. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we can uh, we flesh that out, yeah. out a little bit more. Uh, what are you going to call? Are you going to give the ritual a name? Um, I'll call this ritual uh, 
visiting the end. All right, while you write that down, I think I will... Hmm, I want to tie the name of our kingdom in somehow, like this idea of a knot. It could be a part of our language, like the word knot could have a special meaning to these people. I'm going to say an important or defining technology. Oh, cool. Um, in this society that is really obsessed with like the balancing of the scales and justice, I like that there's sort of this puzzle box type of thing. It almost kind of looks like a like one of those balls of rubber bands, uh-huh. uh, but it's just this like really complex knotted ball. Mm-hmm. And when people come with questions about like who was wronged or who is owed something from, you know, really petty disputes about maybe property lines um, to more complex, like, generational spanning family disputes about who wronged who. I like the idea that there's this, like, knotted ball that's used, this sort of, like, meditation device to look into it and start to, like, untangle the knots of the story. Cool. I don't know who uses it. I don't know who's allowed to use it. If it's like a common household object, I'm happy to leave those questions unanswered right now. Sure. So let's add it. What do do you have a I'm going to call it the knot of justice. The knot of justice. Is that too is that redundant? Not everything is a knot can be the ball of justice just sounds too I like the like, knot of justice. <laughs> It's like the prisoner. (laughs) I'll add another place to the map. We'll call it the... Is it too much to just say it's called the knot? I'm imagining (laughs) that this is the place where people, where justice is done. Oh, like almost like a courthouse? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like a courthouse of the society. And I think, you know, out of respect for this tool, it is made to look like one of these balls, this tangled ball. And I like the idea of it being a centerpiece in the kingdom, so much so that, like, it has this stone sculpture suggesting that it is made out of knotted cord. But then those knots, there's a relief of them that goes out from the building and down through the streets, like like loose strings of this ball that connect all through the city. So it's sort of like all these threads lead back mm. to the courtroom where they are tangled and untangled and the truth is discovered. Cool. Could be called tangle also. Oh, I like that. If, the tangle. If we didn't want everything to be yeah. not. <laughs> That's great. We'll call it the tangle. All right. So we have, that gives us two places and two customs, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So let's start to tackle people. Well, let's not tackle people. (laughs) That's not nice. Um, So some of the prompts we have for people. Ooh, people are tricky. Uh, You know what? I'll say a way of caring for the young or elderly. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to go for the uh, tying the knot. (laughs) (laughs) Form the relationships take. I know that one was too, it was a little too obvious. Um, So a way of caring for the young or elderly I think that in a society that is really 
you know, puts a heavy emphasis on justice, I think that it could lean pretty heavily dystopian. To not lean too heavily dystopian, I like the idea that rather than the focus being on punishment in the society, the focus is really on, like, uh, I don't know, like, restorative justice. And when the kids are raised with this real sense of, like, when you have done wrong and you know, your society has determined that you've done wrong. Like we have consulted the knot, the knot says, mm-hmm. like we've untangled all of these strands and you have done somebody wrong. Um, that the focus is really on helping that person and the community supporting the person who was wronged. And I bet that's kind of tricky sometimes. Yeah. Maybe the justice system even, you know, it wants to fully untangle the knot. And just finding out this is the person who did it is one step of that. But finding out why and what led them to do this harmful thing and where did that come from might be understood as part of the process. Yeah. So I don't really know if I've even successfully answered a way of caring for the young, but... Yeah, uh... totally you have, right? (laughs) So justice is taught as a value and restorative justice is the norm. I want to add a weakness or aversion that most share. What if people in the society have terrible short-term memory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're forgetful people. They sometimes forget how they get there. And so they end up in tangled, complicated situations that are hard to piece apart often. So it's like memento. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure i'm just gonna write memory loss they're like very empathetic goldfish yeah they so there's lots of tactics in this society for dealing with the idea that you might not remember the beginning of your day when you're in the middle of it so for terrible short-term memory this would make people more likely to remember like Decades spanning. I don't know. Or you know, this is this gets into say... a question of I don't know how short-term memory loss really works in the real world. Yeah. But what I'm what I'm thinking about is basically a poor ability to recall specific events, but still perfectly able to, for instance, learn a language, right? Or like understand the laws of the land. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Great. So brand new to this playtest is uh, some language questions about establishing how these people speak and what's what makes it unique. And there's questions about something as specific as the syllables that make up their words or opportunity to make like special slang that these people use, which I think that's what I'm leaning towards for the first touch on their language. I'm going to add... The, the question is, throw out one to three pieces of slang that people of the society might use. I'm going to say thread as one. And I think thread is something sort of similar to story, or basically it's used to describe the things you've done in sequence. And people are always losing their thread, right? That's part of forgetfulness. Mm. But they're constantly talking about their thread and it's sort of seen as like a casual, you know, 
like, oh, the thread brought me to you. That's wonderful. Oh, that's nice. I like that. So, thread. Uh, I will add, you know how we have filler words, like, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. I think I'll add, it's all a jumble, to sort mm-hmm. of describe an easy way to brush over the parts of your day that are sort of mundane, or at least have been forgotten. Describes mundane or forgotten events. But it's 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 kind of just the equivalent of like, and so on and so on. And so it's very casual for people to talk about the stuff that's been forgotten with the presumption that it's unimportant. You know, it's just jumble. Yeah. So we're now, we have two in every category, so we're able to move on to the next part. But before we do, I want to think a little bit more about the end of the world. I know. I, I want to know what people see when they look off of that cliff. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. I like the idea of it being beautiful. Uh, I have an image. Okay. Of something that's like a void. It's, it's like a huge dark but expanse at nice the horizon. Void. Yeah. But there's a pull to it. You can feel, if not a gravity, then like sort of a breeze heading towards it. Hmm. You know, leaves will flutter and sort of drift off towards that horizon. And I like the idea that it is beautiful, that it, you know, is dark in the middle and then vibrant around the edges with things like the Aurora Borealis all around it, sparkling lights in the sky that all seem to be filtering towards it and cycling around it and away into it. Maybe even spending too much time looking at it is harmful. Like memory loss harmful? Oh, good question. Maybe that got people, that's, maybe that's part of the the trouble of the society i don't know it could be or it could be separate i mean like we could treat memory loss as not something that needs to be solved yeah you know which i'm sort of more inclined to yeah i mean well you know even even in our society there's a certain amount of forgetting that's expected of everybody right Mm -hmm. and so it's sort of just the level's different in this world but let's call it the what's what's a good name for that image. The expanse? Let's the, do it. Okay. I know we're referencing some kind of show. I don't know what the expanse is. <laughs> well, it's also just a word that means an expanse. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> the expanse. It's on the map. All right. So I've added the expanse, and I think the deal is that uh, if two people pass... Was it? That sounds good to me. All right. So it's your turn to add something if you like, if, if there's anything you want to expand on. I think that I want to sort of get a better sense of things when we talk about our kingdom's troubles. I feel pretty good. All right. I feel good too. Let's Great. move on to the troubles. Okay. We're going to add some troubles to our kingdom. Uh, and we're going to do that by rolling a die three times. Each time describes a unique trouble that is besetting our kingdom. And if we get the same symbol multiple times, it means that same trouble is more severe. It's escalated. I'm excited for this because I think it's the first time we've done this. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, form. Uh, Do you want to do the first roll? Yeah. All right. 
Okay, I am rolling hands today. I'm all hands. All right. <laughs> so hands, a trouble relating to skill or work or health. What do you think? All right, a trouble relating to skills, health, or work. Do you have an idea? Nothing's coming up immediately for me. How about the justice doers, the people who work in the tangle, are getting worse at their jobs? There's like a bit of a discontent that they're not accurately achieving justice. Hmm. Where is that discontent coming from? They maybe, maybe people think their punishments are too severe, oh, or that the wrong okay. people are getting accused. Oh, so are there like are there rifts for the first time in what people are imagining as you know the, you know when they untangle the knot. Are different people interpreting justice in different ways? Yeah. So let's call it a uh, a trouble of uh, misjustice or mistrials. I like mistrials. Mistrials. All right, I'll roll another. It's the hourglass, something to do with time, obligations, or foresight. I'm going to say that the expanse is very gradually growing. That's what I was going to say. It's Something's changing over this time. I think that's great. All right. We can just leave it at that for now. Let's see how people deal with it. The expanse. All right. I'm going growing. to roll the last die, and this is going to be the locust trouble, which is going to be the uh, trouble that the first scene, at least the first scene, is centered around. Yeah, the it first, is that this is a trouble that act. is that is escalating at this very moment when the story begins. Okay. Ooh, I'm excited. It is a moon uh, connected to secret, wisdom, or spirit. What do you think? Do you have a thought? All right. So I think for this one, I'll say that something has appeared from the expanse. Ooh. It is a mysterious being. I don't know anything about it yet. I don't know if it's a ghost or a god or a person or a cat. How do people experience it? Like, like a can cat. Can see it with like a cat? <laughs> like a cat. And is it like a cat-sized cat? Cat-sized cat. So people see, but do they individually, are lots of people seeing a cat who's talking to them? Or is there a single cat? Somewhere that's walking through. I think, I think uh, it, right now a single cat. A single cat. Does it speak? Um, I got a lot of cat questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> what does it eat? It what does it smell like? Speaks. It smells like a cat. Okay, it good. It eats rodents. And it speaks in riddles. Hell yes. And demands... Things that are hard to deliver. Oh, good. Wow, this is a real cat. Uh, have the people of this kingdom ever seen a cat before? What do you think? I'm feeling no. I think not in a very long time. Oh, okay. Maybe there are some old records. We can look into that. Yeah, at All least right. probably not in memory. So I'm writing down that our trouble is cat. Mm. Does that sound accurate Singular to you? Singular cat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Okay. A cat that came from the expanse. Do we remember that it came out of the expanse? 
Hopefully somebody wrote that down. You think people oh, yeah. would be in the good oh, habit definitely. of doing so. No, they were, we're good, good record keepers. Okay, we've got troubles. You ready to go on? Yeah. Next up, we need to make the people, well, the roles that these people have in our society. Six common ones. These are descriptions of what people do in society, not necessarily what they believe. So even if somebody is a doer of justice, doesn't mean they believe wholeheartedly in the concept of justice or in the normal idea of it. We're going to use the outer symbols to get ideas for these, and we're going to do one outer symbol from each of the inner symbols. Cool. So that'll give us a total of six different roles that people take. All right. Uh, so I think I'll just go, I'm going to go in the order that these are listed on this sheet. And right. the first one is a heart. So I'm going to just roll for the branching path off okay. of heart then. Okay. So this is somebody And then you can interpret it however you like. This is somebody whose role is going to be connected to like love or love, emotion, connection. I rolled a diamond. That symbol to me looks like a ring. I don't want to go, I don't want to go with the obvious, you know, like a matchmaker or something. Um, no, that isn't what I would have called the obvious oh, one, oh. actually. What would you have called the obvious? <laughs> a jeweler. A jeweler. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, you know, I think there's going to be a role of somebody who makes jewelry that. You know how people have, like, you'll you'll get, like, a bracelet and then different charms you'll get yeah. to represent, like, different moments, important moments of your life. I think that that's probably important in the society. And people have this jewelry that gets added to to represent important moments sort of inscribed on the jewelry. And I don't imagine this jewelry is even particularly fancy, uh, but, like, these beaded necklaces these silver beads, each one inscribed with like a, an important moment. So like a memory jeweler. Memory jeweler. That's cool. Love yeah. it. Do you want to write that down? Yeah, I'll write it down if you want to roll. I'll work on the next one, which is a moon. And the branch leads me off. Oh, I got moon, moon. So the moon branch of the moon leads to what looks like a sun. How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> what clever rogue put together this symbol reader uh so i think that the sun is what i want to use to describe the people who are the justice doers they they are the light that shines on all finds the truth untangles the knot and i like that idea that they are called let's call them I don't know, light bringers? So a light bringer? A light thrower? Light light thrower? Light caster? Oh, I like that. Light caster. Light caster. Okay, all right. So our world may have a light caster. Maybe it's mixing metaphors a little bit, right? That's like all right. Driving out the darkness of the tangled knot. By it's, casting uh, light. You know, people forgot what they were doing when they were putting <laughs> the metaphors together. We have light casters. Uh, okay, I'm going to roll for Skull. Skull Diamond. It That symbol looks like fire to me. I think that there is a person. I don't know, they're kind of like the watcher of the end of the world. Part of their job is to like stare, like a, like a lifeguard, but for 
the cliffs oh, cool. overlooking the end of the world. Like you can fall off. It's dangerous. Yeah. Um, and people kind of forget what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, especially because this kind of connects to mortality and fear and knowledge. Um, yeah. But I, I don't want to think of this as like a, a role that's that like it like could be somebody's summer job. Like, it's not necessarily a super well-regarded. Like, oh, somebody's cool. got to guard the cliffs. Yeah. A cliff gazer? I think I'm going to say cliff guard. Cliff guard. Cliff guard. We have yeah, a cliff guard. Yeah, it's considered a pretty, like, low-skill job, I yeah, guess, right? Yeah, and it's boring. Like, just keep an eye on that like, thing. a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't really... I mean, presumably, like, nothing really changes. Until a cat comes Until out. it changes. <laughs> All right, I'll roll for the hourglass. The branch is the hand. The hourglass deals with time, and the hand aspect of it shows looks like a balloon over like a city landscape. So, I like the idea of like a city planner, honestly. Cool. Yeah, maybe it's mundane, but. I think city planning is a cool job regardless. Oh, I let's think, let's do a city yeah. planner and somebody who is uh, constructing the city and organizing changes of it and perhaps sometimes to have justice be done, the city itself has to change. Mm. And so we talk to a city planner. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense if there's like this strong current of understanding about law and order yeah. that that would even go down to you know the way that streets are laid out fairly right yeah i feel like a lot of distribution there's an understanding of systemic crime the idea that you know the way the city is might have forced somebody to do something Mm. anyway city planner okay diamond is the next symbol i rolled a diamond off of the diamond Diamond are connected, it's connected to wealth, power, and tools, and the diamond path to me looks like a coin. Um, I'm going to say a thief. Cool. <laughs> we got a lot of thieves in our society. <laughs> Great. I'm sure we'll have some good justice to do with them. All right, final one is a hand, and the hand branch will be another hand. So from hand to hand, that leads us back to that ant. Oh, good. Our favorite ant. refuses to not be a part of the <laughs> yeah. story. Um, the ant, you know, you think about laborers. You think about traveling to and from the hub. Strength. But uh, I'm kind of feeling... Sugar. Because of what we've said about this urgent trouble... Uh, like a zoologist, <laughs> somebody who like studies plants and animals and insects. Okay, it's like I've never seen one of these things before. Yeah, so somebody who's going to be amazed at this new creature that's entered the kingdom. Zoologist, biologist, yeah. I don't know. Biologist, I don't. Zoologist, what, bio. What, let's say biologist. Biologist. That makes more sense. All right. I said plants earlier. That doesn't really fit with zoologist. Does I it? mean, I guess who knows what this cat is. <laughs> <laughs> is it a fungus? Does it photosynthesize? <laughs> like, more research needed. 
Okay. <laughs> I do like the image now of like this cat having just like a little flower growing out of its head. Ooh, I love that actually. Yeah. Let's okay. So let's say it's a botanologist. <laughs> no, let, let's go with biologist. Okay. So let's keep it there. All right. Okay. All right. We've got some roles. So now it's time to make some characters. Mm-hmm. Make some people who live in the kingdom of Not. We're going to make three of them, and then we'll choose one of them each for us to play as. And the third one will be our first NPC. Great. So to start with, we're going to roll some dice. Let's do it. We're going to roll twice. The first roll will tell us their roll. I tried to pronounce the E at the end of that Oh, role. The role. (laughs) So we'll roll for the roles. We have a heart, which is the... What does that say? Uh, I have terrible handwriting. Memory jeweler. It's a memory jeweler. And then we're going to roll again. But it looks like monkey sewer. Or (laughs) monkey solderer. (laughs) (laughs) Another good roll. Uh, Roll again, and we're going to find what drives them. A memory jeweler driven by... The skull, which is change in progress. Uh, We have to find out if the memory jeweler is in good times or bad times currently. Can we flip a coin? Do we have one? Do we have a coin to flip? I'm broke. We need to sell this game first. (laughs) Uh, Here, let's just roll a die. Evens or odds. Evens is fortune. They're fortunate. All right. A fortunate memory jeweler who is seeking change or progress. All right, let's do another. A moon. That's a light caster. A light caster driven by revelation or truth. Revelation? Or truth. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me see if they're on hard times or easy times. Good they times. Are on good times. I found some truth. <laughs> truth is on their side. Okay, one more. Okay. A city planner. Good. Get them in. Do you want to know what this city planner is driven by? I want it desperately. This city planner is also driven by change or progress. Would you like to know if they are feeling lucky or unlucky? I would like that. They are not feeling so good. They are They are on hard times. All right. It's not a good day to be this city planner, trying to change things, trying to progress. (laughs) Okay. So so just to review, we have a memory jeweler driven by change and progress who's feeling fortunate. A light caster driven by revelation and truth who's feeling fortunate. And a city planner driven by change and progress who is on unfortunate times. Okay. Okay. Are yeah. any of them speaking to you? You know, I tend to lean towards kind of bumbly characters who are either going through a bit of a time 
or like too have too much hubris to like know that they're on bad times. Mm-hmm. A lightcaster feels like kind of an intimidating role to play. Maybe I'm leaning towards the city plan. All right, I'm leaning towards memory jeweler or city planner. Mm-hmm. You want to help narrow it down from there? No, I'll be the lightcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Then I will be the city planner. Okay. Great. So we have our characters, and what's left behind is the memory jeweler, who is our first NPC, and as such, we want to give them a name and a goal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what kind of name should our memory jeweler have? I what mean, kind whatever, of names do people have? Yeah, whatever name we give them will kind of set the tone for our other names. It's really, I have like three role-playing game names that come to me. Uh-huh. I don't think it that this person should be named Tip Top. Well, maybe. It's like Tip Top Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for number three. I guess there's uh, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm down with Curtis. Okay. Curtis the memory jeweler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do Curtis. And what's Curtis's goal? Yeah, Curtis is driven by change and progress. What do you think a memory jeweler would want to see change? I mean, another, I guess, a thought is that the appearance of the cat is probably something that a lot of people are wanting to put on their memory jewels. Oh, sure. So business is probably great for Curtis right now. Yeah, very big event. Normally it's like weddings, bar mitzvahs, but now it's just like cat, cat, cat. Right. <laughs> it's all about the cat. So, yeah, what's Curtis's goal, though? Maybe Curtis wants to find and study the cat so that... Uh, he can successfully make a bead of it. It sounds not as dark. <laughs> <laughs> just wants to get the likeness. Oh, okay. So just like your little. Not like compressed into a bead. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's like some Twin Peaks <laughs> level. <laughs> I want to put this cat in on <laughs> in my orb. Um, so he wants to do a little, a little innocent cat napping uh i don't know about kidnap okay sure yeah he wants to, he wants to <laughs> steal the cat nap the cat yeah okay because he's going to make the best cat bead in all the city <laughs> okay <laughs> uh so he, he's going to be a catnapper the goal is to catnap mm-hmm. okay okay so now we have curtis we know curtis's goal we know what kind of names people in this society have. Yeah. You want to spend a few minutes working on our own characters then? That's where we're at. Yeah. Okay. See you back in a few minutes. Hello, heroes. I just wanted to take a moment while we are off creating our characters to tell you that I have launched a Patreon. 
This Patreon will help to additionally support the work that we are doing on Questlandia 2, and if you back as a patron, you will get early access to Questlandia 2 in its different stages of development. We're going to be releasing the first, uh, I guess, like beta playtest of it, uh, playtest version in February, which is coming right up. So if you'd like to join in, the link is patreon.com slash handbandit, and you can support the continued development of this work for as little as $2 a month. Thank you so much, and we're excited to be showing you the first glimpses of Questlandia 2. So we took a few minutes to expand out our characters a little bit. Do you want to introduce your character first or sure. second? Okay, yeah, go down. for it. My character is Quincy. Goes by he or him. He's a light caster. He is driven by revelations or the truth. He's quite tall. He wears the traditional bound cord bindings. Uh, you know, he has lengths of rope tied around his arms and legs and it's it's all very symbolic but he even wears it home you know oh so he's, just he's like really it. he really buys into it yeah like like caster in the streets <laughs> <laughs> like caster all the time like caster in the sheets as well except he's been fired as a light caster or at least suspended gasp yes that's right and that's because, well, let me jump to his boost and deficit. Yes. His boost is that he has a vision of the future, a vision shared with him by the cat. Gasp. <laughs> In that vision, he saw people, people he recognized of the city, uh, fellow notchins. Nottians. <laughs> no. Notters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, naughty folk. <laughs> yes. And they were, they were going to the expanse and bringing it, channeling it, like digging a river from it into the city where it wow. flowed out over the city, flooding everyone, washing away the people and growing the expanse. It was a horrible vision. And it led him to be very suspicious of his fellow not-peeps. Notions, yeah. <laughs> not-peeps. Uh, okay. Which leads to his deficit. He is cast out because people found his judgments suddenly strange and vindictive even. And he was following threads that people thought were inappropriate. What do you mean we should investigate this person? The thread makes no sense. But he couldn't go out and out and say he was in my vision. But he was trying to figure out what's going on. Why are these people going to lead to the death of our society? So his goal is to follow the cat's thread back to the source. Why is it here? And how is this vision going to threaten our society? And what's in the way is that Despite his traditional authority, he's been cast out. He's no longer trusted. And he's going to have to do more footwork than he's accustomed to to get the truth. Yeah. Go through those back channel. Yeah. Truth channels. 
was Quincy fortunate? He feels kind of fortunate to have gotten this vision. Yeah, Quincy, say, Quincy you know, was fortunate. Thrown out or not, at least he has a chance to get the actual truth here. And that's what he cares about. Cool. That's Quince. All yeah. right. Uh, my character is Bartholomew. Mm. Uh, their pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are the city planner who is driven by change. Oh, cool. Bartholomew is sort of slight of frame and soft masculine features. Short hair. Short hair, pretty face. Mm-hmm. I had meant to write blue eyes, brown hair, but I wrote blue hair, brown eyes. So Bartholomew has blue hair, brown eyes. It says it right there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this is what I imagine. I imagine that the cat escaped, you know, like sort of popped out of the expanse or escaped from the expanse and like cats do, maybe before anybody could you know touch the cat maybe they were afraid to touch the cat like the cat was weaving its way around the city yeah um bartholomew being on their city planning rounds uh saw the cat and the cat led down like a path of the city led down this weird alleyway Uh that ended up leading bartholomew to some place that they did not even know existed it was like suddenly this new part of the city was revealed just like that uh like cat just like cat so whereas our who is our npc again uh (laughs) curtis whereas curtis's goal is to nap the cat bartholomew's goal is to map the cat (laughs) bartholomew wants to follow the cat around the city creating this new map of these places that you know have been hidden otherwise from view do you are those places supernatural super catchural (laughs) (laughs) i've got a feline they are (laughs) i don't know that bartholomew doesn't know that yet but let's say maybe I think they are. Okay. So here's a question that I have about the cat, because Mm -hmm. in terms of an obstacle in my way, I'm sort of imagining the cat is no longer just roaming around free. I'm imagining that maybe the cat is under some sort of watch or protection, but I wanted to ask your thoughts. I think it's great. Let's have the cat be held up in the tangle. That's what I could imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's not quite a prisoner. It's no. just, you know. It, it's, we need to get the, the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Find the truth. It's a oh, kitty yes. in the city. And so Barth- Bartholomew has a uh, a boost and a hindrance. I oh, put them both in the moon category. Bartholomew's boost is that they have a dangerous secret. Is that the secret of these places? Yes, I think so. What makes them dangerous? I'm just curious what what you're thinking. The feeling of going into a place in a city you mapped yourself that is so clearly not supposed to be known. Not supposed to be known. It's just a feeling. Yeah. What about this? Bartholomew. Can... I can add another layer and say that when Bartholomew turned around after 
going down this alley. Uh, it was like they turned and there was somebody at the end of the alley who was like gave a menacing look and then darted away. Ooh. So Bartholomew is like, I can't let the other city planners know about this. It's going to blow their Yeah, minds. no, it's too, it's too, like, this is going to, this is going to tangle up uh, law and order. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but Bartholomew's deficit is that they are self-doubting. Did they really see those places? I mean, yeah, it's like, who knows? When a place that a city planner doesn't know about? Right? It can't, it can't be right. That cat's just messing with everybody's mind. Cool. So those are our characters. Quincy, Bartholomew, and Curtis. <laughs> do we have a name for the cat? Well, the, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It's like, do we even call it a cat? It seems like it, we should. So if you've never seen a cat before, and you see one... <laughs> we could ask I'm imagining people, a black cat, are We you? could ask people to name the cat. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. A black cat, it seems appropriate. It, yeah. it feels right, yeah. doesn't it? But maybe it has um like a, a little a colorful glisten at the edge of its fur. Oh, and we had imagined a little, fla- a little flower, or... like a little pink flower oh, or something yeah. coming out of it. Have flowers growing out okay. of it. Ooh, so cool. Uh, so we need a name for the cat. And fan art of the cat. <laughs> Just don't push your luck there. <laughs> okay. So in our next episode, we're going to put this story in motion and play out some of the first scenes of the game. I'm excited. Me too. I'm into the world. Yeah, yeah. Any any sort of closing thoughts? I mean, this is the first time some of these mechanics we were testing out for the first time. Um, I'm, I really like how powerful it is to throw a weakness into the mix, a weakness of the people. Like the short-term memory loss has just got me, it's got me cooking on like how that society would be formed. Yeah. And what kind of you know, all just the little things that people do to remind themselves of where they are, what they're doing, and what are the events of their life that matter. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I feel really, I'm really feeling the. you know, we've rewritten our questions a few times, like the questions that you answer around the places you put on the map, the people, the the laws and customs. I feel like those are going to end up being such a crucial part of the game and really important in making each world that we create not feel too similar. Yeah. And I don't feel like we've quite hit on the final questions yet. No, I agree. I think there's work there's to be just done. A, there's a real art to them in getting the right questions. And we don't want them to lean too dystopian and we want them to tell stories that say certain things that we care about, about the world. And I just don't know what those questions are yet. I mean, so far I feel pretty good about this world in terms of uh, the balance of utopia and dystopia. You know, it feels like we've got troubles, we've got a cat. We have a cat. not necessarily bad people. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. All right. Thanks for joining us while we play through Questlandia. If you have thoughts or questions about 
anything you heard today, if you want to help us name the cat for the next episode, <laughs> uh, you can email us at designdocpod at gmail.com or tweet to us at designdocpod on Twitter. You can also reach out to us personally on Twitter. I am Han Bandit. And I'm a drawn novel. Thanks to folks who shared their thoughts about our last episode, which is about creating historical narratives. We had some really good fodder from that last episode, and we've really we've changed the backstory of the junk poets. Quite possibly. Quite yeah. possibly. We may have figured out who the junk poets are and what their jam is. What their junk jam? The, let's let's <laughs> Let's not say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that'll be coming up in a future episode. The Design Doc intro-outro theme is written by our friend, musician Pat King. Thanks, Pat. The Design Doc podcast is hosted by the OneShot Podcast Network. OneShot hosts other great shows like the Character Creation Cast. Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and Ryan Bolter create characters in multiple RPGs with prominent guests from the games community. Each month, CCC examines the character generation process in depth for a different game with new guests each series. They always take the time to reflect on the game, its design, and what the guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great session zero every week. And we also have some bonus audio up this month on the One Shot Podcast Patreon. I think that patrons who back at like their $5 a month and up level get their like secret audio archives. And we did a little bit of a planning session for this playtest. Yeah. It was fun. I don't remember how close the version we just played was to our planning I session. I don't really remember what we talked about, um, <laughs> but I remember it being really helpful. We were like, we should do this more for accountability's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so check that out and more. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. We will see you soon.